0: Hi, welcome back to 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel. This is our Fourth of July radio special. What makes America great? I'm Stephen Parr with ConservativeGround.org, along with Louis Avoloni. We've. It's good morning, a, Stephen. Good morning, Louis. It's a good start, and and we've kind of uh, taken over Robert and Aaron's normal spot. This is this is where they come to us every morning, and they talk to us, and they interview the movers and the shakers, and the power brokers, and the people that be. And it's kind of fun to flip the script on them. It is. This is exciting. Are you? This is awesome, ready, actually, to be okay. right here uh-huh, in the same studio yeah. with these two legends of <gasps> <Yeah>. podcast. And, <laughs> I and think normally, he just call us a whole I think yeah. he Something did. Like that, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Closer to the end than we are at the beginning. <laughs> Well first of all I wanna say thanks Not to, at all. I wanna say at thanks all. to both of y'all for for letting us do this show. Sure. Because this is
1: uh well, we, we wanted the day off. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how'd that work out? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was an idea from Lewis that, that we just wanted to ask people on the fourth of July, kind of to remind folks what this day's all about. What makes America great? Now, you guys have had a chance to work in, in radio for a very long time. I mean, like a very, very, very okay, long see, time. That's no—is that too much? <laughs> yeah, don't okay. go there. They're but, very talented. Let me get that's, my walker. Yeah, really. Come on. <laughs> but uh, what, what is it do you guys think? What, what is it that strikes you about this? I know immediately what to so answer. Good. Okay,
2: men like her father. Oh, do you know that story? I do not.
1: Uh, my father was a member of the Greatest Generation, and um, he served in the. US Marines during World War 2.
0: I know you, I know you have uh, marine and children yes, out in I Hawaii do. and
1: and he fought in Okinawa. Oh wow. And he was uh, uh, awarded a bronze star for kind of doing like what Forrest Gump did, running back and forth and bringing wounded mm-hmm. Marines out and was given a bronze star for that. And Except
2: pardon me if you know anything about Okinawa, oh. which was one of the most brutal in fact, if historically, it was the Battle of Okinawa that was the final what finally convinced President Truman, then President Truman to use the atomic weapons against Japan because Mm -hmm. from from the battles of Okinawa not only American casualties but Filipino casualties, Japanese soldier casualties that was what convinced Truman Mm -hmm. that that invading Japan would have cost the cost in American lives just would not have been worth would have been in the millions. Now what she said was about her dad's Forrest Gump moment. Pardon me, and then you can finish up the story. Because mm-hmm. if you remember in the Forrest Gump movie, he's running Lieutenant Dan, he's running like a hundred or two hundred. You get the sense it's a long way, right? On Okinawa, her father. It's a distance of 10 or 15 or 20 yards, in other words, from here to that wall.
1: While being shot at, yeah. Through wow.
2: trenches and barbed wire and muck and yeah. and bodies. And the heat
1: that you just can't even imagine. Right. And
2: he did that six or seven times. But
1: the best part about these guys, why they were so great, is that I have five brothers. My father never spoke about it. He right. went on with his life. He met the love of his life, he made a career, he had children, he went on and was a great dad. And he put that part of his life, which had to be horrifying, behind him.
0: My father did something similar. He was in Vietnam and got a couple of Ron stars there. And I never heard anything about his time in Vietnam until after Good Morning Vietnam, the Robin Williams movie, came out. Yes. And that was the first movie about Vietnam that he saw. And it was the first time he, he ever shared anything about his, uh, his works. Really? Yeah. Now, the point you made a whole bunch of times, and you
2: make it every Veterans Day, and well, specifically Memorial Day. And you alluded to that a second ago. You talked about, and he came home. And met the love of his life. Yes. And had a family and a career. But you always make the point, and it's such an awesome one, about all those that didn't.
1: So many of his buddies didn't get to come home and find the love of their life and go on to build a career and a family. It's just, that's what makes America great to me. So many heroes, but then so many... That we still should call heroes, even though we lost them.
0: And yet there's still people that are willing to do or willing to to serve in that regard, even in this generation. We give millennials and and younger people a hard time. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, there are still people who... We have an all-volunteer military. Well, both her sons. Right. um, Yes.
1: yeah, my sons are both in the Marines. One just got out, and so he's home back to going to college, but one is in. And you know, they both gripe about, I wish I could be more I wish I could be out there fighting. I mean, they're in jobs that that's not what they were placed in, which mom's very happy about. Right. But they, you know, they both would much rather be out there doing the the work of of a soldier, as you would say.
0: Well, you know, and Robert alluded to it, the, you know, this was, in fact, your dad was part of the greatest generation. Mm-hmm. How do you think that changed him as a man in terms of before he went off to war and then he came back? How do you think his perspective about America, and and, and I'll ask you, you know, as and maybe as part of that, you know, do you remember as a child when you realize that this country was something special.
1: I knew my my relationship with my father was different than all my siblings. We were the only early risers in the house, so we would get up in the morning. It changed him in the way that he was an only child. His mother died when he was seven, so he was raised by his father, who was the town barber in Gulfport, Mississippi. So it it turned him into an instant man, because I'm sure he was spoiled. I'm sure he pretty much got whatever he wanted, but he had to become a man. And he went when he was seventeen. Seventeen or right getting ready to turn eighteen. And he came back and went to college and got a job and I mean he began his life as a man immediately. He was only over there a year and a half. I mean, not long at all. I knew the I realized the country was a great country. At a young age my father was very patriotic and was very much about God and country and I mean we were all in church sitting up on the front row all six kids mom and dad it was real important in my family Your father
2: was a very he was a garrulous man too oh, he was he was He was a
1: very, garrulous
2: f- yeah. yeah big word that is yeah very big I don't know what it means I'm he hoping would he was
1: cough to you and he would <laughs> Stephen he would shake your hand and he would say how's your corporation seem to be gashing upon the high corners today sir and and that was how he greeted people.
2: That's how he scared away all your high school and, dates.
1: And Yeah, no doubt. I could have married Brad Pitt. No, anyway, that was, how you doing? And so my sons, I have taught them that and so they will say he was a salesman i mean he was a friendly friendly guy i'll never forget the one day each summer gosh i'm steering the ship here no go ahead each summer Oh wait
2: it's not my show
1: (laughs) (laughs) he would take one of the kids with him because he was a traveling salesman one of the kids would get to go with him for a week's trip and he always made it about us he would plan things about the for that that kid would love and i know one time we were staying across the street in a hotel from where he was going to go show his samples he said he'd come back be with me at lunch. If I wanted to go swimming, go swimming. I was 12, 10 or 12. At that time, it was okay for a little girl to go swimming by herself. So I said, okay, I'll be at the pool for lunch. So he brought lunch to the hotel. You guys wear suits and ties. Y'all are dressed nice. He gets up on the diving board. What? His suit and tie. <laughs> I don't know this story. Middle of the summer. It's scorching hot. We're in North Mississippi somewhere. Sits on the diving board, gets me out of the pool, says, come up here, we're going to have lunch. We sit on the diving board and eat lunch. Of course, he's now dripping sweat, Right. you know, and he has to go in the hotel. But I think it was so important to him that he be with me at lunch. And he didn't even say let's go in the hotel and eat. Uh, he knew I loved the pool. He wanted to be where I was having fun.
0: It's kind of fun flipping the script on you guys. He, let me tell you what's coming up with the rest of the show. Since you have given us some of the the, the reins here, uh, coming up next, Pastor Robert Jeffress uh, out of First Baptist Church in Dallas. He's going to be oh, talking to us. Wow. Coming up after that, Lee Cockrell, who was the former VP for Walt Disney World Resorts, managed forty thousand employees. He's going to tell us what he thinks is coming up is is great. Great about America mm-hmm. and some other great guests coming up later on. Tommy Laren, Tucker Carlson, and Alan West, Colonel Alan West, Dr. Alvita King, among others, coming up right here on our 4th of July he every, special. He's calling
2: in every marker yeah. that Lewis has. Yeah.
0: This is incredible. So what are we in you here know, doing slumber? Yeah. You guys, We're filler, you're yeah. making it We're possible. Filler. Not at all. Thank you all so much for the opportunity to We're like to the cardboard in the beast. <laughs> this is What Makes America Great, our 4th of July special. We'll be right back with Pastor Robert Jefferson.
1: Oh, say can you see